0: All right, well, we're here downtown in Las Cruces at the Plaza for week three of our series, Arrival. And surprise, surprise, again, in December, we are talking about the Christmas story. And we're talking about our season of Advent because Advent and Christmas are times of preparation and expectation. The times of preparation and expectation is why we prepare our family, why we buy the gifts, why we decorate the tree, why we bake, the, bake all the baked goods. It's why we prepare for Christmas. It's why we have such a, a, a spirit of expectation around the Christmas season. But it's possible for you, and it's possible for many people that you don't quite feel that, this Christmas season. And if you don't feel it this Christmas season, or if you don't feel it in any any given Christmas season, there is good news for you. At the very first Christmas, no one expected anything, and no one was prepared for God to do anything. And so if you're feeling that this Christmas, you're in good company. But what we see at Christmas is that while no one expected anything and no one was prepared for God to do anything, God did something amazing. God did something world-changing. God did something earth-shaking. God did something that changed the entire course of human history and changes the course of human lives over and over and over again. And so what we've said from the very beginning and the thing that we keep coming back to around this Christmas season is that even if you don't expect anything of God, we should still expect some things from God. That when you don't expect anything of God, it might just be the perfect time for God to act the way He has always acted, to be the God that He has always been, and to do the types of things that He has always done. Because God is consistent and God continues to act in the ways that He's always acted and to be who He has always been. Now, today, I want to talk about one real key word as we, as we move into, into today's new content. And the word that I want to talk about today is the word unexpected. So across the living rooms and bedrooms all across the city, would you just say this with me on the count of three? Ready? One, two, three. Unexpected. That's right. Today, I, as we get started, I want to ask a question because all of us have we, have, we have different levels of comfort with the unexpected. So let me just ask you, would you like the, like this video right now if you are a planner? If you're a planner, give us a like right now. If you're a planner, like if you're one of those people who's like, everything you do has to have a plan. Everywhere you go has to have a plan. Everything you do, you have an itinerary created. You have things in your planners with notes and notes and notes and notes and notes. Everything you do has a plan. It's well thought out because you think, like many of us think, if I can just plan enough, if I can plan and plan and plan and plan and plan and plan plan enough, we can eliminate and we can avoid the chaos of, of things getting random and things getting crazy. Now, second group of people, would you give me a like if, if you are not a planner? If you're one of the people who's like, hey, you know what? I just like to go with the flow. I've never heard of a planner. I don't really use the calendar app in my phone. People who plan things actually make me nervous and make me make me worried because they stress me out by the fact that they have to stick to a plan. So if you're not a planner, would you hit the like button right now? And here's the great part about this. Once you get married, God has this tendency of bringing people together who are who are complete opposites of each other. A planner and a non planner which is just, again, proof that God is a stand-up comedian, has a great sense of humor with humanity. Now, there's a third variation of this. There's people who don't like to make plans, but certainly have expectations, and when things don't meet their expectations that they didn't plan for, they get rather upset. They get really frustrated when things don't go as they expected, and then there's a, another variation of this where there's people who, who, who really like to make plans. In fact, they plan, and 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 they plan so much, but they fail to execute, so all their plans end up still leading to chaos over and over and over again and their lives go crazy and they just kind of end up going well we tried, we tried, we tried, we tried, but it didn't quite work out the way that we planned. And let's be honest, there is nothing worse than when plans don't work out around the holidays. When you have plans, but the kids get sick. When you have plans for an incredible light display, but one light bulb doesn't work and that sends the entire thing and you've got everything on the house and you go to plug it in and you have that Griswold moment where you're like ready for everything to just light up beautifully and then nothing happens, or when you have travel plans but planes get delayed or buses get delayed or trains get delayed and you don't end up getting where you wanted to go when you were expected to get there, or, or when you have baking plans and you have amazing meals planned for the holidays and for some reason or other your oven doesn't quite work and your oven doesn't cooperate, there's nothing worse than a plan that doesn't go to plan. And, and, I, and I bring all of that up because here's the, the thing that I want to make sure we understand. We all have varying degrees of comfort with the unexpected. That for some of us, when things don't go as planned, we're absolutely okay. And for others of us, when it doesn't happen, when, when what we expected doesn't happen, we get completely bent out of shape. And the reason that's so important for us to understand as we talk about Christmas, as we talk about this year, is that there's a lot that's happened this year that we didn't expect. In, in fact, you could maybe even just qualify 2020 as the year of the unexpected. I mean, none of us expected that when this year began that we would have a global pandemic. None of us expected that we would have toilet paper shortages and toilet paper emergencies in, in our country. None of us expected that we would be wearing masks for most of the year. None of us expected that we would get daily education back in March and April about how long adults were supposed to, like, like we were educated as adults about like how long you're supposed to wash your hands and just how many songs there are that are just the right amount of time for you to wash your hands. Like none of us expected that. We didn't expect masks. We we didn't expect a stock market crash back in back in spring. We didn't expect any of that. We didn't expect. If I if I'm being honest, as a church leader, I did not expect that we'd spend six months of this year doing church completely on line. We didn't expect that there would be travel restrictions. We didn't expect that 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 we would sometimes spend time with someone. And because we spent time with someone who got sick, that we would have to isolate and quarantine for two weeks at a time. So much of this year has not been what we expected. And it's possible that at this time of year, at the Christmas season, you're still dealing with a lot of things that you didn't expect and that are unexpected and unplanned for you this Christmas season. And for some of us who, who we like our plans and we like when things go as expected, we have a very natural response when things don't go as expected, that anything unexpected is bad, that anything unexpected is bad, that when flights get delayed, it's bad, when you get news that you didn't expect to get, bad, when, when there's travel restrictions, bad, when the oven doesn't work, bad, Without any, that when the kids get sick, it's automatically bad news, that anything we didn't plan, anything we didn't hope for, anything we didn't expect is bad. But if you find yourself there, there is actually really good news in the middle of the Christmas story, in the middle of the events of Jesus's arrival, that in the events of Jesus's arrival, we learn something very, very, very important about how God works and how God moves. And here's what we learn, that through the events of Christmas, we see over and over that God works in and through events that no one would have planned, that no one expected, and no one would have chosen. So today, as we go to the story of Jesus' arrival, the events surrounding Jesus' arrival, we're going to look to the story of Mary, Jesus' earthly mother. And here's what we're told in Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, now again, Elizabeth is the wife of Zechariah, who we talked about a few weeks ago. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Now, angel Gabriel, he gets a lot of work in around the events of the first Christmas, around the events of Jesus's arrival. He's going all over the place. It's like, you know, angel Gabriel goes to see Zechariah, and then a few months later, he gets sent to, to, to Nazareth to, to see to see Mary, to announce Jesus' birth. And he's like, hey, like God, you know like thanks for all the work. Thanks for the commission. Thanks for the pay. Thanks for letting me be an angel, by the way. But like, God, every time I show up somewhere, it's like a big deal. Like people scream in terror. People don't like the way I look. People start arguing with me because what I tell them is impossible. Like no one seems to believe that I'm actually an angel and that I'm actually sent by God and that I actually know what I'm talking about. So like, God, could you send someone else? And God's like, oh, that's so cute. But sometimes, Gabriel, you gotta risk it for the biscuit. And so we're gonna get going and you gotta get going to Nazareth. So, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, that's a nice start to an angel's message, isn't it? Hey, you favored woman, the Lord is with you. Like he almost starts to sound like an Instagram influencer for a moment. Like, hey, hey fans, hey friends, hey girlfriends, how you doing, everybody? Everybody out there doing good today? Oh, we're so glad God's with you, God's favored you, God's blessing you, God's for you. Just so go ahead and you smash that like button. If you don't smash that like button, we'll smash your face. Blessings, you know, bless your heart, everything, all, all that kind of stuff. Like eight Gabriel is starting to sound like an Instagram influencer. And then we're told this: confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. See, there's an incredible reminder here. You can be confused and the Lord can be with you all at the same time. You can be confused and the Lord can be with you all at the same time. Mary has just been told that the Lord is with her. She has absolutely no reason to doubt that. And yet she feels confused and disturbed. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt that? Can I be kind of blunt with you today? Your faith should lead you there sometimes. Your faith should confuse you sometimes. Your faith should disturb you sometimes. Your faith should leave you frustrated sometimes. And you need to know this, that when you feel frustrated and confused and disturbed by your faith, it does not mean that God has left you or abandoned you. It probably means that God is absolutely with you and he wants to stretch your faith, stretch your understanding of him or use you in a way that you are not quite comfortable with Yet. And I will just say this, some of the moments of my life and the moments of my faith where I've been the most frustrated, the most confused, the, moments, the most disturbed with how God is acting and how God is treating me, I feel like, or, or what God is up to in the events of my life— In those moments where I felt the most disturbed, the most confused, the most frustrated have often been the moments where God has used to do the most work in me, the most work on me, and the most work through me in my entire life. It is okay to be confused and disturbed and frustrated. In fact, you should feel that sometimes. And you can be absolutely confused and disturbed and God can be with you all at the same time time story goes on tells us this in verse 30 don't be afraid mary the angel told her for you have found favor with god you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him jesus he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high the lord god will give him the throne of his ancestor david and he will reign over israel forever his kingdom will never end in other words mary You found favor with God. God has has chosen you to do something big and to do something brand new in the world, something that he has talked about and planned for ages and ages and ages, for years and years and years, and it's happening now, and it's happening through you. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're part of God's master plan to save the world. But Mary's got a question. Mary asked the angel, well, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. See, Mary understood the language that the angel was using meant that this was not a someday thing. This was not off in the distance. This was happening now. This was happening fast. It did not fit her timeline, and it did not fit her plan. See, she planned on having a baby someday. She did not plan on having a baby today. She planned on having a wedding, then having the babies. If, if I can be honest, and I know there might be little ears watching, she planned on having S-E-X first. She had been like a really, really good girl, if you know what I mean. And she was looking forward, forward to a wedding night with her husband, Joseph, with her fiance, who would be her husband, Joseph. And in the moment, and in a message from an angel, all of her plans and everything that she expected from life feels like it has gone out the window. So Mary has a question. She has questions. She's like, hey, hey, hey angel, you know, I understand that you came from God, but this seems impossible. So I need some information. Help me out. How can this happen? How could this be? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so that the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for the word of God will never fail. In other words, Mary, you need some information. Here it is. And this is actually really good news for whenever you find yourself frustrated and confused and disturbed with your faith in God. This is really good news. For if you ever find yourself there, the good news is that God doesn't leave us frustrated and confused. See, God is absolutely okay with you feeling frustrated and confused, but he won't leave you stuck there. That when he has the information that can clear up your frustration and your confusion, he gives it. When he has the answers to your frustration, he provides them. When God has the ability to move us forward and guide us and we come to him, he guides us and he leads us forward so that we don't stay confused. Don't stay frustrated. Don't stay disturbed. So now all that's left is to wonder how Mary is going to respond to this news. How, how Mary is going to respond to this earth-shaking, world-changing, life-changing news that has just been given to her. And what, what, is, what will this person who has has found favor with God, how is she going to respond when her plans get twisted, when life throws a whole bunch of unexpected her way. And here's how she responded. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. Let me read that one more time. I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Can I just say this is an incredible, unbelievable response. This is an unbelievable response from a teenager who has just been told that her plans aren't happening, that she is not going to get her way. This is an unbelievable response from a bride who has just been told that people are going to snicker if she wears white on her wedding day because of what they assume about her. This is an unbelievable response from a teenage girl who has just been told that she is going to be the uh, the star of the first season of Teen Mom on MTV. This is an absolutely unbelievable, Believable response. Her plans are shattered, but she's in with God's plan. See, Mary chose surrender to what God wanted to do, even when it cost her everything that she planned and everything that she expected. Mary chose surrender when no one would have faulted her for pursuing her own comfort. Mary chose surrender when everyone would have understood her fighting and putting on the boxing gloves to fight for her own plans. And I don't know who needs to hear this today, but some of you, you have spent so much time complaining about this past year and spent so much energy fighting against what has been happening this year and so much mental and spiritual energy being angry about what's been going on because it's something that you didn't plan and something that you did not expect. That you have, and, and, and you have spent so much energy fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and resisting and resisting that you have ended up resisting and missing what God might actually have for you in this season. And I don't know who needs to hear that today, but for some of you, you need to follow the example of a teenage girl who instead of putting on the boxing gloves, she took up the white flag and she surrendered to God, even when it cost her her comfort, when it cost her her plans, and when it cost her everything that she had expected of life. And we need to follow Mary's example as a person who chose surrender, chose God's plan over her plan. And then we're told this. In verse 39, it says this, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted as Elizabeth. Now, this is a heart-wrenching part of the Christmas story. Why is Mary going to spend time with her aunt and her uncle? Chances are pretty good from the way the story is written that when Mary's parents heard the news and when the news broke that Mary was pregnant her own parents asked her to leave that's heartbreaking i mean not only has mary has mary had her plans dashed and had everything that she expected about life not gone her way she has lost the expectation right now that her family will stick by her side and that her family will believe her story and she's sent off to the hillside she's sent off into the countryside where no one will see and where she will not be an embarrassment to the family. And when she arrives, though, she finds out that Zechariah and Elizabeth have not abandoned her, just like God had not abandoned her. In verse 41, we're told this, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. And then, and then Elizabeth drops this line that's so, so, so powerful. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. I mean, blessed? I mean, Mary's going, man, this doesn't feel like Blessed. Everything about this is crazy. Everything about this feels like loss in this moment. Everything about this feels like the plans have literally gone to hell in a handbasket. How can you say that I am blessed right now? And Elizabeth would answer, because I believe that God can bring good out of the unexpected. Because I believe God can bring good out of the moments where our plans fall and our plans fail falter. I believe that God can and will bring good out of the moments where his plans cost us our plans. See, here's my translation of Elizabeth's words. Blessed are you when you can let go of what you planned to receive and embrace what God has planned. Blessed are you when you can let go of what you planned so that you can have open hands to receive and to embrace what God has has planned. See, Mary learned and Elizabeth helped her understand that even though things were outside of her plans and outside of her control, that they were still absolutely within God's plans and within God's control. And that when we place our lives into God's hands, we can trust that he will bring good. And if we can let go of what we had planned and surrender to his plans to embrace what God has planned, he'll lead us to good. And that's the bottom line today. Here's the bottom line, that you can expect that the God who is with you and the God who is in control, he can and he will bring good out of the unexpected events of life. That you can expect, the things that we should expect this Christmas from God, the things that we should expect every day of our lives from God, is that we should expect that the God who is with us, the God who is in control that He can bring good and that He will bring good out of the unexpected events of life. So 2020, it didn't go the way you expected. There was a lot this year that didn't go the way that you, that you planned and that you hoped and that you expected that it would go. But I still believe that God has brought a lot of good this year. In fact, one of the things that's brought me a lot of encouragement this year is that my good online friend and famously tall person, John Acuff, back in March, he started posting this same thought every single day, and he did it for about two months. Every single day at the same time, this post would come up with this quote, something that he wrote down, and then he decided he was going to keep on his mirror, and he thought it was encouraging enough that it might just be helpful to people all around the world, and he shared it on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook every day. He said this. He said this. Something good is going to come out of this season. If you ask me to prove it, I couldn't. Not yet anyway. I don't have evidence. All I have is faith. This small, barely there at times, glimmer of belief. But that's more than enough for today. That's more than enough for today. So here's the thing. This is my final message of 2020. And in a year where we have talked a lot about the crazy things that have gone on and the unexpected things that have gone on and some of the negative things that have gone on, what I would really like to do today is I wanna spend a few, the last few moments of, the last, of, the, last message of 20, the last Sunday message of 2020 talking about some of the good that has come out of this year, some of the good things that God has done this year. So here's some good things that have happened this year. Some of you, you got married this year. Yay, congratulations. Some of you got married this year. By my best count, at least six couples within our church got married this year. And you're spending your first Christmas as a married couple. And that's exciting. God has brought two and made them one. And more excited than than that, I believe that when God brings two together around him, it's a, it's a cord of three strands that is not easily broken. It's a husband and a wife and their God. And God does not allow that family to be easily broken. So for some of you, you got married this year and God has begun something very good in you and in your family this year. Some of you got engaged this year. By my best count, at least three couples, and it might be four or five. I can't remember exactly everybody, but many of you within our church, you got engaged this year, which means at least one of you is spending spending this Christmas for the first time with a ring on your finger, and you're and you're and you're spending Christmas planning your your, your nuptials and planning your marriage and and your wedding for next year, and that's exciting for some of you. God brought children into your home this year. Some of you, you had your first child, some had your second child or or your third child, and you're celebrating your child's first Christmas this year. Some of you, you have had a major prayer request answered this year. If I could just give you one, one, one thing that's happened within our church this, it, recently. Um, the, late, late last spring, there was a, a baby boy born into a family in our church. And pretty quickly, it was, it was understood and realized that this baby boy had some liver issues. And baby Jalen we spent a lot of time praying for baby Jalen that he that, that God would bring healing or that God would make a way for his liver to function and that if it that if that didn't happen that someday that there would be a liver transplant available so a few weeks back uh, baby Jalen and his mom were up for their their normal checkup appointment at their at their liver doctor their liver specialist in Colorado and while they were there Jalen began to experience liver failure liver failure baby Jalen began to experience liver failure. And the doctors told them that there was very little that they could do outside of a transplant, that if there was no transplant available within a few days, baby Jalen would not make it. And so many of us around the country, many of us within our church, when we got the news, we began to pray for baby Jalen. We were praying for baby Jalen, you know, praying those prayers that you, that you don't know exactly how to pray because you don't want to pray for someone else to pass away and lose their liver. But we were praying that God would miraculously provide healing for baby Jalen one way or another. And four days after we began praying for baby Jalen, baby Jalen got a new liver because God is good, that even in the unexpected, God is good. Some of you you have stayed healthy this entire year because God is good. Your health normally would be worse than it is. If if I'm being honest, this is me. My health is normally far worse than it's been in 2020. And I hope I'm not jinxing anything by saying this right now, but I have been, I've stayed healthy through 2020. And for some of you, that's your story. For some of you, you got sick and you got better because God is good. That through the unexpected events of life, God brought healing and God made you well. For some of you, you never lost work through this whole year. You've had, you've had plenty of hours. Your work has stayed consistent. For some of you, you've worked more than you've ever worked in 2020 because God is good. And out of the unexpected events of this year, God has been good to you. For some of you, you lost work for a good stretch of time, but you never missed a meal and you always had enough to pay all of your bills because God is good. That through the unexpected ups and downs of this year, God has been good to you. If we were to talk about Jesus moving around the world, I mean, we, we, I talked about this back in April that there's a friend of mine named Matt Brown who at the end of last year, he was leading an online prayer movement, praying and fasting that God would raise up 100,000 digital Billy Grahams across the world to share the gospel and to spread the good news about Jesus all over the world and then the pandemic hit and every church in America was forced to shut the doors physically and to go online digitally into the spaces and into the places that people spend so much of the time where people are so comfortable being and it lowered the bar of entry into for everyone to spend time connecting with their heavenly father and at the beginning at the beginning of 2020 there was something like 20% of churches were hosting services online today I just looked it up today, is almost 60% of churches are still investing time and resources just like we are into creating online experiences so that people can connect with God. That's amazing. Another another friend of mine named named Micah McDonald. He he actually was a was a student in our in our youth ministry, student in my small group when I was an intern back in Minneapolis. Now he's a traveling youth evangelist, travels all over the country, preaching to teenagers about the good news of what God has done for them, that they can know their heavenly Father through what Jesus did on the cross and with His resurrection. He that's what he does, and through the technology and some of the digital platforms that are, that were created around around the time of the pandemic. One thing that people discovered is that places that were once hard to go to in the world, where you couldn't physically go and preach the gospel, you can still digitally go and preach the gospel. And a few weeks ago, my friend Micah McDonald, he was invited to digitally preach the gospel in Afghanistan and in Pakistan. And these places where you could not physically go, you can digitally go and spread the good news about Jesus. And people responded like crazy to the message that God loves them, that God has grace for their sins and God wants to make peace with them. Just to talk about our church for a little bit, in, in, at the beginning of 2020, our church had, had reached just about 200 people. And there was a little bit over 200 people who called our church home and, on some sort of regular basis, connected with our church. And by the end of 2020, as, as I stand here today, there are well over 300 people connecting with our church on a regular basis. That God has used our digital platforms and our, and our in person platforms to connect more people with our church than have ever connected before because God is good. And through the unexpected thing of, of, of shutting the physical doors, and and going to an online-only experience for a long time, and now moving to in-person and online and in-person and online, that God is using these platforms to connect more people than ever to our church. Another thing that's really cool is this year has been the best year that our church has ever experienced financially. In the middle of a pandemic, I don't understand how it's possible. I don't understand how it's possible other than the fact that God is faithful and that God is good in the middle of unexpected circumstances. That this year, because of your generosity, because of your faithfulness, Our church has experienced a 20% jump, a 20% increase in your generosity, in our giving. It's the best year that we have ever had by far, and we're still not done with it. And the greatest news of that, and here's why I get so excited about that, not because we have more than we've ever had, but the reason I get so excited about that is because this year we've given away more than we've ever given before. That this year, we've given away over $15,000 to missionaries and to local community outreach projects and local community outreach partnerships. That this year, we, because we believe as a church, we don't believe that money is supposed to come in so that we can have more. Money is supposed to come in so that we can do more and so that we can give more and so that we can bless more. That this year, as you've given more and more and more, what we've been able to do is to do more and to give more and to bless more and to do more. For For people in our community because we believe that we are supposed to exist in a community to make a community a better place and we exist to bless people all over the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. That in the middle of this unexpected year, in the middle of this unplanned year, God has been good and he will be good because he is good. And what God does in the middle of unexpected things is God does good because He can and because He will. That's who He is. That's what He does. That's what He wants to do for you this Christmas while you're still facing some unexpected things. God wants to use the unexpected events of your life to bring about the good that only He can. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you're good. Thank you that you are good. Thank you that you do good. Thank you that no matter what we face, no matter what we plan, no matter what we expect, God, when unexpected things and when unplanned things hit us in the the face and when they throw our world seemingly into chaos, God, you are not surprised. You are not thrown into chaos, and you can bring good, and you will bring good. So God, today we simply thank you for the good that you have done. We thank you for the good that you have yet to do. And we trust you that you are good and that you will continue to do good and you will continue to be good. We love you, God. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.